Man, it's so good just to have everybody in the house tonight. Super excited. We got people all over the place. It's crazy when you have um, people flying to so many different countries and you're trying to keep track of everybody where everybody's going. And it's just exciting uh, watching what God's doing in this place. And we're just so excited for all of you guys to be a part of this journey with us. Um, you know, it's, you know, coming into this new space, man, I keep saying it's like, you know, buying a new pair of tennis shoes. And it's like, it's the right size, and they feel absolutely comfortable. They feel different than the last pair of shoes you were wearing. But just give it a little bit of time, they will get broke in, and it'll be feeling just great. Um, we're so excited for you to be here tonight. Um, I also, when I was talking about Reimagine a few minutes ago, we actually um, just recently had Reimagine Montclair, and I was told that there's, yeah, which was awesome, I was told that there was a teacher in here named Allison. Is there an Allison teacher? <laughs> Oh, hey, Allison, <laughs> not trying to embarrass you or anything, but but I just want to let you, let you guys know that she is actually Teacher of the Year at Montclair Elementary School. Can we just... What, what an honor it is to have you in the house tonight. Can we just, can we just pray for Allison, man? And, and if there are just any other teachers, you know, in the area, but I just want to pray for her. Lord, we just thank you for Allison. God, we just thank you for uh, the light that she is, God. And Lord, we just pray that you continue to show her favor. Allison, I hear the Lord say you are highly favored. And I believe that you are, not just because you made Teacher of the Year, but the Lord says you are highly favored way before they recognized that. And so, Lord, I just thank you that there's more to come. God, I thank you there's more opportunities to come. And the Lord's showing me you loving those kids like your own literally like your own. And, and so I don't know if you have your own children or not, but I just, I saw you holding them and, and loving them and caring for them. And, and I just believe that the Lord's going to give you a quiver full of your own. And so Lord, I just thank you for blessing Allison and the influence she is in our school system in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Awesome. Awesome. Um, they're telling me to switch mics. So uh, super excited about tonight um, to, to share with you this message uh, tonight. Before I do that, I, I don't like just pointing people out unless I really feel like I'm supposed to because some people like don't like to be called out in public. Imagine that. Uh, it's like, dude, please don't let that be that preacher that calls me out. <laughs> um, but I, I don't get down. It's not how I get down like that. It's, it's usually only because the Lord um, is just wanting to emphasize his love for you whenever, you know, he, he, he does that. And, but I won't, I won't be able to get on with the night if I, if I don't just be obedient to the Lord. So just bear with me for a second. My brother here, uh, in a blue shirt. I've never seen you before. Um, I think it's maybe your first time ever coming here. Uh, cause I usually know most faces, but dude, God has just got like a light on you tonight, dude. And he won't turn me loose. And so, uh, I gotta tell you, dog, there's a call on your life, man, and I know you already know that, and, um, but he's wanting to make it real clear tonight for you, and, um, and I just want to, would you guys just stretch your hands out toward this man real quick? I just want to pray for him. I feel like there's been a lot of warfare on your life, man, and the enemy has really tried to keep you from walking the walk that you know you're called to walk, and, um, but the Lord's showing me, dude, you're going to snatch people out of the grips of hell. Lord, I just pray for this man's life right now. God, I just thank you that you flipped the script. God, I pray that tonight is a pivotal night. I pray that you mark him. You mark his destiny, God. Lord, I pray that, that Lord, whatever's been troubling him, that all of heaven will begin to trouble that. God, I thank you that there is a true calling and a destiny on his life. And Lord, I thank you the enemy will not steal, kill, and destroy it. And so, Lord, as a church, God, I just, I don't even know him, but God, as your church, I just pray for that destiny on his life, God that it will not be tampered with any longer, that, God, I pray that if anything has been holding it back, God, this is a season to run like you've never run before. There's dreams in your heart. The Lord's shown me, dude, there was dreams in your heart, and the enemy has literally tried to kill some of those dreams. And, Lord, I just think you're breathing life on them tonight, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, bro. Yeah, come on, man. Come on. Oh, we're fitting to get down with it. Come on up here. <laughs> Security! He's big! What's your name? Jeremy. Jeremy. And I just want to say that that's an awesome word because I'm actually finishing seminary this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been going to Liberty University online, and this is my last week. I have two projects due next Sunday, and then I'm ready to do what God has in store for me. Come on. You know what? Dude, my sister just graduated from Liberty University. Let's pray again. God, I just thank you. Lord. 
Lord, you're doing something at Liberty. God, I thank you that you brought more of them. God, I just pray for Jeremy, God. Lord, I thank you that, Lord God, um, man, I felt it for this brother sitting down over here, and I feel it for you on my phone tonight. Um, as before I came to service, it was 333 popped up on my phone. And I, I kept feeling like it was for specifically someone. I feel like this is for you too, man. Jeremiah, that 33-3, call to me. Lord, I thank you. I will tell you things that you do not know. Lord, I thank you in this new season, God, there are things he needs to know. God, I thank you for the plans that you have for him, that no devil in hell can stop it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, bro. That's awesome. Hey, it's good to have confirmation. You, know, you prophesy, not prophesy. Come on. Yeah, we ain't down with a prophesy. So get your heart ready, man, to receive. I want to talk to you tonight about a body of champions. Are there some champions in the house? There are champions in this house, I assure you. You know, I'm looking at them, and I, and I know that you are called to be a champion for Christ. But you know what? It doesn't always start out that way. You know, when things kind of get started, you don't feel much like a champion. Uh, many, most of us feel pretty much pathetic, I think, most of the time. And, uh, but I, I want to tell you that God has a plan for those who don't feel like they're much of a champion. I want to, if you've got your Bibles, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I want to, you know, we're just going to kind of run some scripture tonight. There's several different places I want you to go to tonight. And um, there's one thing about it around here. We read the Bible. And so, um, you know, I tell people all the time, hey, look, I have an iPad but dude, I rely on this because <laughs> this thing runs out of power. I'm thankful this don't run out of power. You know what I'm saying? So get yourself a Bible and a highlighter and a pen and read it and highlight it. Mark it up. Dude, look like, you know, somebody said one time, you know, that when you see someone's Bible that looks like it's falling apart, it means their life probably isn't. You know what I'm saying? So read it, man. I mean, use it. It's a sword. First Corinthians chapter 1 Verse 26, listen to this, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Sometimes we don't want to do that. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things, say foolish, of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that why no one may boast before him. You know what? If, 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 if you see yourself as inferior, lower, secondary, if you see yourself as unimportant, weaker, then God sees you as a fit champion. Because I'm going to tell you, that's what we once were. We all felt second place. We all felt unnecessary. And, and here's the thing that God is trying to do. God is trying to re-hardwire our thinking with an upgrade by His Spirit. See, the reality is this. When you become born again, you have a new nature you get an upgrade, and now what's happening is, is your spirit is trying to rewrite the programs of your mind. Most of us have lived our life with judgmental, critical, heavy thoughts. You know, even if you try to do something good, you live with the fear of, a, what if it doesn't succeed? Or if you start experiencing some kind of success, then you start living with the judgment of, what do I got to do to keep it successful? You know what I'm saying? And so we live under this tension and this pressure, and I'm here to tell you right now, you're a champion not because of what you did, but what Jesus did. He is the true champion. Where do we get this champion DNA from? It comes from Jesus Christ. I think when I think about DNA, it may, the, one of the first thoughts that go through my mind is racehorses. No, I'm not into gambling. But it does for some reason. I, I think when I think about DNA, I think about racehorses because I know that owners of racehorses want a particular bloodline. They are putting millions of dollars at stake. They're putting their reputation at stake. They are not going to go find an inferior bloodline to put on the track. They're not. 
And so when you're looking at how they actually process who they're going to breed their horses with, they're looking for the finest breed possible because the reality is you can't get away from the DNA. You cannot get away from the DNA. So they know that if they're going to have a, a, a champion racehorse, they have to make sure they're breeding them, those horses with champions. And I want to tell you right now, that's what's happening for every person that puts their faith, hope, and love in Jesus Christ. You're getting a bloodline of a champion. A champion. Look at Philippians chapter 2. I want to look at the kind of DNA this champion has. Because... Just saying you love Jesus is not necessarily going to give you the full picture. But whenever you look at the DNA of Jesus, then you begin to get a picture of your DNA. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. I'm sure it didn't. That's the reason why they killed him. Let's think about it for a moment. When Jesus showed up on the scene and he began to say things like, I am, and people fall on the ground, they didn't like that. Whenever Jesus showed up talking about his divinity in his humanity, people did not like that. They were struggling with that. It was hard for this mind to grasp the reality of who Jesus really was saying he was. He was not just a Jewish prophet. He was God in man. He was God in man. So Jesus said some things that were hard to understand. He did not consider equality something to be grasped. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Say servant. He did not take the nature of a king. He was already a king. He did not take the nature of an emperor. He was already emperor. He did not take the nature of creator. He was already creator. I think it's absolutely profound that the creator, king, God would take on the form of a human being and say, I'm going to show up and reveal myself to all humanity as a servant. When men are reaching for t titles, Jesus was reaching for a towel. Whenever men are, 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 are trying to posture themselves with greater authority and power and influence, Jesus is divesting himself, making himself of no reputation, saying, I've got no problem giving what I have to my followers. In fact, he would go so far as to say, you'll do greater things than what I've been doing. That's not a man who is insecure. That's not a man who is full of insecurity. He knows who he is. He knows his identity. Says that he found himself, we see him in the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We take the cross for granted. We really do. I, I think we're going to come back into a season and a place and a time where the cross is not going to be emptied of its power. I think we're going to come back to a place where when people begin to talk about the wonder and the power of the cross, I think people are going to absolutely just be broken. That they're going to truly come to this place and have encounters with God like they've never had before. You know, something is a mystery until it's unlocked and it becomes revelation. Paul said that we have this mystery that's been locked for ages, but now it's revelation. I think there are things about the cross that have been hidden for such a time as this where it to become revelation to us. 
for us to understand. You know, and, 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 and why, why, would I, why would I say that? Because there are people who still struggle with the reality that Jesus paid for our healing at the cross. That at the cross, he went to redeem what was destroyed and taken in the garden. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not posturing name it, claim it theology here. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm not going to let the cross lose one ounce of what Jesus died for. We have testimonies coming in right now from uh, our, our team in Nepal who were praying for the sick and they were recovering. It was a sign and a wonder to unbelievers and people are giving their life to Jesus because of the power of the cross. There's a DNA swap. There's a DNA that we need to understand about our heritage, about where we receive real power and authority. Our bloodline. Our bloodline is connected to Jesus. And if he said that he came to the earth making himself of no reputation, but coming in the form of a servant, I think we should clue in, pay attention, and, and figure out, I think that's supposed to, we're supposed to follow that. I don't think that was just for him. I think he was showing us a way. I think he was showing us how we're to live our life. I think that true champions are the greatest servants. I think true champions of the faith are the greatest servants. You can't go through this book and not find the life from, from Genesis to Revelation, that men and women who were champions in the faith, they laid their life down. They laid their life down. They obeyed God. Let me tell you how we redefine success in this ministry and in our household personally. We redefine success to this. When I obey God, I am successful. I'm not successful if you like me. I'm not successful if there's a lot of people that come to our church. I'm not successful if we have a lot of money. I'm not successful if, 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 if we have the key to the city. And that's not what makes us successful. Because if you're chasing all of those things, you will be constantly disappointed whenever those things aren't given to you. But whenever you please God, then all of heaven rejoices at a servant who obeys the Lord. That's true success. When we stand, we're all living for one day. Bro, seriously, we're all living for one day. You're living for one day when you stand before him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He is not going to say well done if we didn't do what he said. We are deceiving ourselves. If, if God says, I want a spaghetti dinner and you bring him filet mignon, you're like, look, I, I brought you a filet. He goes, but I really wasn't into filet. I was into spaghetti dinner. But you're like, dude, I took a lot of time marinating this meat. And he goes, I know. I don't know why you wasted so much time. We could have got this done a different way. You see what I'm saying? I think sometimes we need to not get so caught up with our own way. Let's just get caught up in the way. Let's get caught up in his way. A DNA of a servant is what you've been given. A true champion serves like Jesus did. Turn in your Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I just want you to mark this. There are three areas of your life that I want to hit tonight about being a champion in. Three areas. First Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, is going to kind of be our, our text that I really spend the most time in. Let me read this first, and then I'm going to go into these, these different three areas. First Corinthians 12, 12. The body is a unit. Say unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one 
body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Say many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But underline this. That's not in there. I just said that. Just underline this. But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to the committee. It's up to God to arrange the parts in the body the way he wants them to be. We need to be a little more hands off when God is wanting to put people in places that we don't, you know what I'm saying? We're not here to control sheep. We're here to love them, steward them, pray for them, encourage them, empower them, teach them to obey the one shepherd's voice. There's been a time and a season where there's been a false sense of control and authority that's operated in the church. We should not move you with coercion. We should be truly in love with each other that we submit to one another and we recognize authority in the church because we love each other and we love God. That you should not submit to me as a pastor, I'm going to throw out some other $5 words, apostle or prophet or teacher because I carry a title. You should submit to me because if you see God's authority on my life to be able to help you. And I should be able to submit to you as an elder or as a deacon, as a brother, as a sister in Christ. Because we love one another. And we're not in this for ourselves, we're in this to honor Him. That's the way this is supposed to work. There are no hirelings. God will deal with that in the end. Let me say this. Some peddle the gospel for personal profit and gain and other for noble purposes. And Jesus said, it does not matter just as long as the gospel is preached. He will sort it out in the end. We cannot allow the offenses that have happened in the church to keep us from the plan of God any longer. We have got to let go of our roots of bitterness and offenses and move on into the promises of God. Loving each other, laying our life down for each other, recognizing spiritual authority in our life. The first area I want to look at tonight of serving like a champion is in your family. I want to talk to dads heart to heart for just a moment. Dads, you are the priest of your home. I am not here to replace you. God has called you to be the spiritual advisor of your home. I'm here to help coach, encourage, train, give perspective, insight, encourage the gifts in you. But ultimately, you are the gatekeeper of your house. What you let into your heart will be entered into your home. Did you, catch, did you catch that? Let me give you a little bit of perspective for just a moment. In the, in, the, in, in the nation of Israel, during the Old Testament times, they had gates that came into the city. And these elders that Moses would appoint over time, in, even into the New Testament, these these men, these elders would sit at the city gates and they would monitor who came in the city and who went out of the city. 
And not all of these gatekeepers had the same authority. Some people had authority over the merchants that were coming in through the gates. Some were taking care of dignitaries or or nobility. There were different gates that, that allowed different kind of things to pass through them. But these men would sit there, and I'm here to tell you right now, that they would be held accountable what came and what went out. I believe that there are you, fathers, husbands, are gatekeepers into your home. Do not be a dictator, but lead in righteousness. Lead in righteousness. That, that what, what you allow into your heart ultimately will take root in your family's life. What you allow into your home will begin to infiltrate the mindset of your children. You know, I, I'm not here to harp on, on certain things, but let, let me say this. If you allow things to come into your house that promote fear, what do you think is going to control your children's dream life? Fear. You know, I remember back in the day before God really began to convict my wife and I of certain TV programs. This is like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, we were, anybody remember like CSI and Prison Break? This is back in the day. Y'all are be like, yo, that's old. I remember we were watching these shows all the time and Man, Shree was like, does not want to be at home by herself, and, and it's like, I don't want to go into that bathroom at the movie theater because it's creepy and there's all these stalls. But you know what? Here's the reality. When you fill yourself and your mind with show after show after show that promotes fear, what do you think is going to control your life? Fear. I'm here to tell you, men, step up to the plate and hit this one out of the park. Take control of what's trying to root itself in your house. Fathers, pray for your children. One of the greatest ways you can serve your family is praying for your wife and praying for your kids. If you're not a father or a husband right now, then take note right now, men, that this is the character of which you're supposed to operate in, that you're to, pray, you're to be a spiritual leader of your home. And let me tell you something, that, that you know, you're, you're anointed to pray, to prophesy, to teach, to keep the atmosphere of your home, but you're also anointed to take out the trash. Come on, somebody. That may be the most anointed thing we could do. I can't tell you how many times I come home from meetings or whatever, and I'm like, God just dropped, and I'm telling Cherie all about it, man. And it's just like, you know, we practically felt like we raised the dead today. And she's like, I don't care. Could you raise up the laundry and, like, fold that, please? I am pregnant. She's like, amen. Listen. We cannot be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Let me actually retweak that. When we become really heavenly minded, we are always earthly good. Because heaven cares about the earth or Jesus would have never came. I'm here to tell you right now, husbands, pray over your wives, your children. Be the spiritual head of your family. Don't be so spiritual that you miss the opportunity of being most anointed, and that's caring for, your, for the, your household in just practical ways. Be a servant. Um, you know, I feel led just to kind of just kind of hit this a little bit more. I, I believe that husbands and wives, man, we need team in the house. There needs to be a real attitude of team. And we have to catch each other's back. We've got to, like Bernie Mac used to say, man, we got to be a unified front. Some of y'all don't know who Bernie Mac is, but it'll catch up. Listen, we need to have a unified front with our children, working things together. The enemy looks to try to divide and conquer. And I'm here to tell you right now, if you want to, the, the, the number one thing, husbands, if I could impart anything to you right now for your family, do not let a spirit of strife control. And you know what that means sometimes? That means taking the low road and, 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 and nailing your pride to the cross that, that, that you don't have to be right. We don't have to be right. Jesus said that he came to make himself lower, lower to serve, to wash the feet of humanity. He didn't have to prove everything to everyone when he went low. You know, Jesus wasn't kind of like, hey, you do recognize that I am the Lord of heaven and earth, but I'm going to wash your feet now. (laughs) We got to be careful for that one, you know. 
We need to be careful with that one. Okay, I'm going to move on. The second thing. So a champion serving your family and a champion. The second thing is serving your church. Serving your church. I want to talk about how, to, how we can help a big thing feel small. God is pouring out his presence and his spirit here. It is very obvious. It's very evident. God is giving us a season and a window of time for us to get some things in order, even in this body. Because whenever he releases the harvest to come in, things have got to be in order. So the first thing is, husbands, your family. You have to have your family, your house in order. The second thing is our church serving in this body. How do, you, how do we help keep something that's growing feel small as you contribute? If you really want to keep something feeling personal is when you show up, you decide, you know what? I want to be on the team. I want to be on the team that's actually helping and so there are so many ways that was going through my mind that I was like, man, there's so many opportunities people can get involved in. I mean, there's security teams and ushers and there's the sound technicians and live stream and the worship team. And, and here, let me say something about the worship team. If you can't sing, you have another calling. <laughs> Tony will audition you, you know, but l- listen, there are, there are some places that, that we are called to be and some places we're not. And we don't have to carry an offense if we're not called to do certain things. But there are lots of places and opportunities for us as a body to be invested in. And so if we're going to take a body that is growing and keep it feeling small, when we come and gather together in the same way you would care about your house, we should care about God's house. We really should. It is important that we know each other and how we get to know each other is that we serve each other, that we lay our life down for one another. And, and, and you know, one of the ways in which that happens is, you know, there are people who, who come and, and, and they wait at the door and they greet people. And if you've never been here before, it feels good when there's somebody standing there just to say hello and they're nice to you. But you know, at the same time, that person, that new person feels good as they come in. You being on a team feels like you have friends. Man, I'm going to tell you right now, it's hard to go to the, the place you want to be in life with the wrong set of friends. So if this is your church family, then here's what I want to encourage. I want to encourage you. Let's serve with our brothers and sisters. Let's serve with one another. Let's get on a team and be able to encourage each other as we're moving forward, as we're growing as a body. Real champions serve each other. Here's another area, children's ministry. Parents, I want to I just share this with you, that parents should join their kids in their classes and build relationships with other moms and dads. If you have, if you have a child in a class tonight and you're in here, that means someone is ministering to your kid. But you know what? They're not only ministering to your child, they're ministering to you too. Because you're getting to hang out in this atmosphere and worship the Lord and hear teaching. And you know what? I want to encourage you moms and dads that just think about it. If, if each of us just took one time a month to invest, then it would be evenly distributed. It would not fall all on one person's shoulders. And you know what? Everybody would be ministered to across the whole body. Everybody would feel strengthened and people would feel like they're on a team. I want to I specifically call out some guys for this one right here. Our 8 to 12-year-old class that meets over in the prayer room, our 8 to 12-year-olds, um, if you're a dad and you have a kid over in the 8 to 12-year-old, I want you to lift your hand real quick. See a few hands going up. Awesome, awesome, great. You know what? I want to encourage some of the dads. You know what I believe that these guys need across the street? I've been looking at some of the boys over there, and I'm like, they need some spiritual dads to go over there and invest in their life. I'm putting it out there that, you know what, I know that there are some dads in here that are carrying this DNA that I'm talking about, the DNA that wants to see young guys be raised up into mature men of God. And I'm telling you, I think that once a month, even if it was just once a month, your presence was in there, I guarantee you it would start shaping the life of our children's ministry. Do you believe that? 
Amen. I just want to encourage you that if that's you, dads, man, just think about that investment for just a minute. Serving, making that investment. If we make that investment now in their life, then maybe we're not trying to fight for their freedom when they're 16 or 17 because we made the investment early. Um, Security. You know, I want to just say thank you to Pastor Ben Watts and all the guys who have been helping Pastor Ben with the security teams. You know, there are, there are people who are behind the scenes making our kids feel safe, helping them get to their classrooms, keeping an environment that feels comfortable and encouraging that if somebody doesn't know where they're going, you know, if, if, if you need a place to, to figure out where to go, if you're kind of like scratching your head going, well, I, I would like to serve here. I would like to be one of those champions. Then I can tell you right now, if you don't, if you don't in your gut know where to start, then here's what you do. You go grab me, you grab Tony, you grab Pastor Ben, you grab Greg English, you grab somebody, and we will help find something for you where you can begin plowing with us. Because here's what I know, that if we're, not, if we're not contributing at all, if all we're doing is receiving, what happens to a pond that only has water coming in but not going out? It gets stagnant. We ask God around here, fill me up so I can be poured out. So the first place I want you to practice that is your family. That's the first place. I, I want our church to be full of men and women of God who are being filled up and pouring out to their families. The second place is in their church. And then the third place is the world. Now, before I go into that, I want to read to you 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. Listen at this. We do not dare to classify or to compare ourselves with someone, with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Let me tell you what we don't want to do as a family, as a team, is we don't want to begin to compare ourselves among ourselves. We don't want the enemy to sow seeds of strife that say things kind of like, well, I don't want to do that over there because that's not cool or, or I don't want to serve in that way. Or we begin to judge and compare who's doing what. What we need to do is, is like Jesus, because if our DNA is coming from Jesus, what did he do? He laid down all his kingly authority and he took on the form of a servant. The greatest among you is he who would serve his brother, a servant. And so there is an order that I feel like the Lord was showing me that's actually really important. First, serving your family. Second, your church. Third, the world. Why is the world third? Because people are going to come into this place disillusioned about who they are, about God and what's going on in their life. And if we don't have the order set in place that our families are intact, our church is intact, when the lost come in, then they will, they will because they're lost and they're confused, it will actually shock our system. And we will not be prepared for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is this making sense to you? The scripture says that if, if, if a pastor or an elder is, does not have authority in his home, and he does not have order in his home, he's not fit to govern God's house. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, that's not just for me as a pastor, that's for each and every one of us. Because we're all influencing and discipling somebody. We're all influencing someone's life. And so as the world begins to come in, and they're coming in disillusioned, broken, because here's what I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to throw a party for the prodigal. We're going to throw a party for the prodigal. Because, see, God said, go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come into my house, that my house might be full. But if we're not in a place where we've gotten strife out of our families, we've stopped comparing ourselves among ourselves in our church, that whenever they come in, they will see things that don't taste and look like Jesus, and they won't want any part of it. But if the world comes in, 
and they see us doing what Scripture says, and here it is, if they see us loving each other, if they see us genuinely loving each other, they will say, I know you must be servants of God because I've not seen that. I feel the anointing really strong right now. If we would love one another, that would compel them to come. And it would remove their fear of this right here. We're just going to be the next church that rejects them. We're just going to be the next group of Christians that pick apart all of their faults and their failures. That we're just going to look for some reason to judge them. So my prayer tonight is that you would first of all realize, yes, God has called you to be a champion. And you know what? When he started you, when he found us, when he came to us, we didn't look like champions. And the ones who are going to come into this place, they may not look like champions either when they come through the door, but Jesus sees something in them, and he's wanting to give you goggles of heaven so that you will see them the way he sees them, as overcomers and champions. Hallelujah. Come on, man. We can give him praise. Here's what I'd like to do. You know, I'm going to ask our worship team if, if they would just come back up for a minute. I want us to do a little self-assessment just for a minute. I'd like to look at these three areas of our heart and our life tonight. I'd like for us to think about how are we serving in our families? How are we serving in our church? How are we serving the world? And let me tell you something right now. If you say, Pastor Arnie, wait a minute. I think we should just serve the world first. Well, what happens if they come into a church full of dysfunction? They're not going to be ministered to. It, it, it won't work. It doesn't work that way. If you as a, as a man or woman of God decide that, you know what, my family can just wait, I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to reach people, then what happens if you save the world and lose your own family? There's a little bit of confusion about some passages of Scripture that are in the Bible that I don't believe are understood correctly. I believe that if we as men and women of God truly are loving the Lord with all of our soul, heart, mind, and strength, we're not going to dip out on our children and our own wives in the name of the Lord. We bring them with us. That's what Freedom Church has always been about. When this ministry began, it began with our babies in the living room with us learning to worship God. And was it chaotic at times? Yes. Was it distracting at times? Yes. But you know what? Our kids know how to pray and prophesy and quote scripture because they've been doing it with mom and dad. I think that if we would sow that back into the culture of our church, then that's what we will raise up. Would you stand to your feet? We're just going to take a moment. And we're just going to give the Holy Spirit a minute to just look in our heart. I'm not trying to just like hype you up tonight, man, and just, you know, just get you all emotional, man. I want us to be sober about what God's really trying to do here because here's what I'm, I'm telling you what's going to happen. If God decides to release an awakening, a move of His Spirit, it's already happened in this, in this church. It's already happened in this ministry. But when He opens up the floodgates... Will we be ready? Will we be ready? Are you ready to serve? Are you ready to open up your home and to host people and to have a Bible study or to, to have people in your house and to be able to teach them more about the Word of God and, and, and to be a, a, a breeding ground where more of the DNA can actually be put into young believers' lives? Are you ready to step up to the plate and say, you know what, I can push a broom as good as I can pray for someone at the altar? You see what I'm saying? It's like we need to be in a place where when God is moving at an accelerated place, we don't get blown apart. Champions get in the gym and they get themselves fit to get in the ring.
If you've been in a place where you've almost experienced burnout in church, or if you have actually been burned out in church, let me tell you something, that's not God's intention. It's not. That means you're carrying something that you're not supposed to carry. You're carrying a burden and a weight that you're not supposed to carry. Jesus said, my, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. I think that when we do this as a team, it gets lighter, it gets easier. Well, just bow your heads for just a moment. Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you in these three areas. Your, home, your family's life, Freedom Church, in the world. And here's what I want you to do. I, I know most of you in the room probably have a cell phone that you can pull out and just open up a little notepad, a little note screen. And those three areas, I just want you to write down maybe a word or a phrase when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you. The definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over but expecting a different result. If you're ready for some real transformational change in your life, then we're going to have to look at these three areas of our heart and let God speak something fresh to us. Holy Spirit, right now, would you just begin to give fresh understanding of what it means to be a servant in our home? Would you release to the men of the house and the ladies of the house what it looks like to serve their children, their spouses right now? Would you just begin to release a wave of encouragement right now? Men, I feel the Lord just showing me right now some of your wives are carrying some heavy loads and they really could use your encouragement right now. They really could just use you to encourage them by picking up some of the weight. Lord, I just pray right now that that revelation would fall on husbands right now. Wives, I want you to hear this. Your husbands are needing to feel respected and honored. I know in those moments whenever you're not receiving what you want, it's hard to give what they need. But I'm here to tell you right now, put it into the crazy cycle and just honor your husband and show him respect because he needs that. He may not get it from anybody else in the world. He may not get it from his co-worker or his boss or wherever he shows up. But the one place he's looking for that encouragement is from his wife. Be that champion wife right now and sow honor to your husband. Sow respect to him. Don't let the enemy hold that thing that God made him to need. Don't withhold it. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for, laid himself down for her. Father, I thank you right now. I feel the presence of the Lord touching some of you right now in a powerful way. Don't pass by this moment. Take a moment and write it down in your phone. If God just spoke something to you, then write it down. If you think you're gonna, we're going to remember, then just write it down right now. Holy Spirit has no problem with you writing that in your phone right now. He just has a problem if you start surfing on Facebook. Now, let's ask Him to show us something about our church. Holy Spirit, will you just show us how to be a champion servant in our church? Oh, Man, the Lord, just let me feel some of your pain because you've been hurt by church. Man, if that's you, man, I'm going to ask you to come up here to the altar. I, I just feel the Lord needs to remove a dagger out of some of your heart. If that's you, if you've been hurt because of church, because of a pastor wound, because of a brother, then just come. I just feel the Lord wants to remove that out of some of you tonight. It's, it's a stumbling block. It's in the way. And God just wants it gone tonight. He literally just wants to remove that burr out of that saddle so that you can just move on with your life. Lord, I pray right now. I just sense it right now. He is going to lift it out right now. He is going to surgically remove that hurt, that wound. Because you're called to be a champion, to serve the church. 
You know that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to sow a deep wound so that you no longer want to serve in the house of God. And God's saying, I need you in my house. I need you energized. I need you full of the Spirit of the Lord so that you can minister to His people. I honestly feel like there's more that should be up here, but you do what you need to do. But if you want to be free of that thing, then just come up here right now. Just make your way up here right now. Don't wait. Just come on, man. This is family. This is family. Just come on up here and let the wave of the Holy Spirit, man, just begin to minister. He's just going to begin to remove those hurts right now. He's going to begin to remove those hurts, those wounds. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Would you guys stretch your hands out and pray for these? We need to pray for one another. The Bible says that if, if there's some of you who are sick, call for the elders of the church to pray for them. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you're hurt by the church, you got a sickness and you need to be prayed for. You need to be healed. So, Lord, we just pray for these who are up here right now that we just ask you, Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask our prayer team, if the prayer team would come up and come up behind these, would you, prayer team, come up and just stand in the gap and just begin to intercede for each one of these right now. Just begin to intercede that these hurts, I just stand in the gap right now as a pastor that if you've been hurt by a pastor, I just repent to you as a pastor. Those of you who are in this church, if I've hurt you, if I've offended you, if I've said something that's wounded you, please forgive me. I don't want anything to keep you from serving the Lord Jesus in His house. I don't want anything to keep you from running your race. So I repent to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive our pastoral team, our families. We love you. We want you to walk in the power and the Spirit of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Wave after wave. Wave after wave. I see Him just wave after wave crashing over you guys, cleansing you right now, just letting it go. Just letting it go right now. Just begin to forgive that person who hurt you, who offended you, who took advantage of you. Just begin to release them. Release them into the hand of God. Just release them. You're not responsible for them. You're only responsible for you. Daughter, God is going to take the hurt. Not just from you, but your entire family. Lord, I ask you that you remove the sting that as she stands here, she's standing in the gap, not just for her own heart, but she stands for her own family. That you're going to remove every ounce of pain, every root of offense is going to be uprooted. Lord, I pray even this coming year will be a year of personal revival in your family. What the enemy has tried to steal, I pray that it be restored seven times, sevenfold. God, I pray that this is their year of jubilee. This is their year of freedom. This is their year of their stuff being given back to them. The the spiritual inheritance I release it the spiritual inheritance let it be released back to this family in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus